Hey, Adam, guess what time it is? It's time to crack the customer code. Welcome to episode 54 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and as always, I am here with my master co-anchor here, Adam Toporek. <laughs> <laughs> my title changes every episode. It does. It does. <laughs> I like I like that it's a title and not an uh, you know derogatory epithet, which is, which is more common, I think. <laughs> well, we're recording this, so I. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have evidence. <laughs> so we have a pretty cool guest today, I think, Adam, because. I think she's ultra cool. I think she's better than pretty cool. Wow. Nice. I like that. Uh, Super cool. (laughs) Marilyn Suttle, who's the co-author of the book, Who's Your Gladys?, which is all about difficult customers. And I'm wondering, Adam, have you ever been a Gladys? You know, I am going to pass on that question because right now we need to hear from our sponsors. (laughs) Nice segue, my friend. Yes, thank you to our sponsor for making this podcast possible. The Service Capability and Performance SCP Standards established the global benchmark for service excellence. Developed by Service Strategies in cooperation with approximately 50 leading service and support organizations from around the world, the Service Capability and Performance Standards have enhanced the capabilities and performance of service and support operations worldwide since 1998. Join Service Strategies for an informative customer success workshop in San Diego on October 27th. The workshop is part of the Service Industry Summit event, which brings together leaders from companies like Cisco, Dell, and others to discuss the challenges of a changing service landscape. Visit servicestrategies.com to learn more. And if you'd like to reach our listeners by being a show sponsor, you can go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. Now, Jeannie, when we had left off before the sponsor message, I believe I'd asked you a question. Uh, have you ever been a difficult customer? That's how I remember this. Really? You have a really poor memory. <laughs> <laughs> because Don't I asked us, you, <laughs> have I ever been a Gladys? I'm sure I've been a Gladys because Gladys is a customer who is very demanding, has high expectations, but also provides valuable feedback that sometimes other customers won't give you. And I'm sure somewhere in my life, maybe, I've been a little demanding (laughs) as a customer. Said the lady who is known on our podcast for her customer service rants. (laughs) Yeah, but I rant to you. I don't always rant to them unless they really need to hear the rant. Then I feel it's a gift. (laughs) It's a gift. You're going to give that gift. (laughs) Yes, the gift of feedback so they can improve their experience. (laughs) How about you? Have you ever been a Gladys? Um, I would say yes, of course, once in a while. And it really depends. I think uh, we've talked about this in prior episodes. My big thing is my time. Mm-hmm. And so my wife actually got in a wreck a few months ago, and we were dealing with the insurance company, just a small bumper thing. So the wreck was not, not a big deal, but you still got to go through the whole process, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, the insurance company, which will remain nameless now uh, for one reason, is they still have the car. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, they were putting me through this whole estimate to replace this bumper. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was professional and nice, but I was pretty unwilling to accept his answer. That's the way I will put it, that the, the bumper could be repaired. And there was this whole process about, well, you know, we have to go through. And then if they can't repair it, 
then we have to go down to the thing. We have to look at it. They have to do an exception report. And it's all just going to be a huge waste of my time. I could see the whole thing five steps down the road while he's talking. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way they're repairing this. I don't know anything about cars. So I can't really say, like, I'm an auto mechanic. That seems stupid to me. Right. Uh, so, of course, we get it to the dealership. They're like, yeah, we can't repair this. Uh, of and, course. I knew, and I knew. So I was sort of like, look, guy, you know. Our time is money. You're going to waste this many hours of my time. You're going to waste this many hours of my wife's time. I add that all up. It's probably going to be more than the claim by the time you're done. Just replace the bumper, please. And, and you know, so that type, So maybe I was a Gladys in that situation, and he had to handle me, but he didn't do a good job. And the problem with handling a Gladys is it's really hard when they're right and you're wrong. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? Well, I think it's a, it's a very good point, and I think, you know, the book has a lot of stuff about it. And I think we should let people listen into our interview with the co-author of that book because she has a lot of things to offer us. That sounds great. So we're going to listen to Marilyn Suttle, but let's hear a little bit about her first. As the president of Metro Detroit-based personal and professional growth training firm Suttle Enterprises, Marilyn inspires her clients to the highest levels of personal and professional development. As the co-author of the best-selling business book, Who's Your Gladys? How to Turn Even the Most Difficult Customer into Your Biggest Fan, and the award-winning Who's Your Gladys? customer service blog, Marilyn's business trainings focus on creating connected, positive relationships with even the most challenging people. They have an emphasis on emotional management and self-development. She is regularly sourced as an expert in major media outlets, including Ladies Home Journal, U.S. News and World Report, and Inc. Magazine, just to name a few. So let's listen in to our conversation with Marilyn. Well, hey, Marilyn, it is great to have you today. How are you? I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks for having me. Excellent. And we are excited to talk to you because I want to hear all about how to handle difficult customers. And I want to hear about how to handle Adam, who is my (laughs) difficult customer. (laughs) Now, is is Adam your Gladys? Adam is definitely my Gladys. (laughs) All right. You got to give me like a butcher name if I'm going to (laughs) be... Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Attacked here. Well, yeah. Well, that's a great segue. Let's talk about Gladys and your book. Who's your Gladys? Is all about difficult customers. So, tell us who is a typical Gladys. How would you describe one? Gladys is the person that takes a certain something extra from you or your staff to manage her well. Him, her, it could be young or old. It's just that person who is your polar opposite, or that person who pushes your buttons. And what Gladys is not is the one that you want to fire and, and get rid of. She's difficult, but when you convert her, she's one of your most loyal customers. Interesting. And so how do you think, I mean, one of the things that stood out to me in the book, Who's Your Gladys, is how uh, she is difficult, but in a way she's bringing you a gift because she's telling you things that maybe you need to hear about the service that your customers are experiencing. So what are some of the ways we can all listen to Gladys a little better and actually hear what she's saying instead of, as you put it, getting our buttons pushed? Right. And so this is one of the biggest things because we're emotional beings. And especially if it's your business, uh, this is your bread and butter. This is, it's an emotional thing to have somebody criticizing your baby, which is your company. (laughs) Yeah. And customers can be, you know, when they're emotionally charged, they don't say it in a friendly way. So my big number one first step is to learn to soothe yourself through it and to consider that venting as a really positive step in bringing good feelings around. Because I always think of when you, you turn the shower on in the morning, 
you get cold prickly water at first. Mm -hmm. And if you just let it run for just a little bit, the nice warm water flows. So that's a lot like a difficult customer that it's, um, I had this happen. I was a Gladys just the other day because uh, my trash, we have a new trash collector and he decided to just take two of my cans after we had put, we had cleaned out our garage. So there were like probably 15 bags out there. He only took two. So I was really upset. And I called the owner to see if uh, they could handle it. And he kept trying to break in to solve my problem before I had expressed my, you know, what I was worried about. And finally I stopped and I said, I'm going to put my customer service hat on. I need two full minutes to just tell you how upset I am. And if you could just sit and count to 10 while I do it. (laughs) (laughs) So I was managing the service provider, but really as a service provider, that's what we have to do for ourselves is soothe ourselves and say, this is a necessary part of conflict resolution. This is good. I'm finding out things that 10 other polite customers wouldn't tell me, but this one will. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Yeah, I had the same experience. So when we moved uh, a few years ago, we had a ton of cardboard, obviously, from moving. And you know, we had a stack probably that came up to my chest on the curb. And we found out the recycling would only take what would fit in the little bins. Oh. And we've got you know, these huge boxes from moving and from appliances and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was very frustrating. So uh, just a little personal anecdote. I feel your pain. <laughs> I, can, I can empathize, which is very important in customer service. But, yeah, you know, I, I like the count to 10. And I think that's a huge factor is getting frontline service reps or anybody dealing with difficult customers to get rid of that initial reaction. And you, you mentioned, you know, the psychology and how people, you know, are natural reactions. What are some other tricks you teach to sort of help people get over that instinctual reaction and to put on the service cap? You know, I use a translator. So what I, I think is really helpful to take a moment to identify the, the judgment you have. Oh, he's being cheap or, oh, she's being obnoxious or loud or demanding you know we have this judgment and it's a really helpful tool to recognize the judgment and then ask yourself what is a higher quality of that judgment what is a positive aspect that i can find some compassion for for example if somebody is cold that could be your button they're so cold um if you could say oh this is a person who's slow to warm up now from cold your heart's hard and you get mad when you see somebody is slow to warm up, you soften. Um, and it's not easy, but the more you do it and the more you talk about it with your team, the more examples you get and the, the better the success rate. You know, one of the things that uh, my co-author, Lori Joe Vest and I recently did is we're just getting ready to release Taming Gladys, which is a book that's a 12-week fix mm. on how to tame your most difficult Gladys. And we actually ran it through... Uh, test companies um, in, in during a 12-week period of time. And it was remarkable, the turnaround. And simply, and this is a really important still, spending 15 minutes a week talking about these topics hmm. with your people. And so what are some of those triggers that you find the most common? Like you mentioned, cold might be one of the buttons what are some of the ways that customers behave that really trigger teams or people the most? So um, demanding, that's a big one. Mm. Um, if, if they're demanding um, or they expect things you can't do, 
um, they're, they're asking for too much and we're thinking they're selfish. They're, you know, what a horrible person. And, and I think what happens is we get that customer who cheats us or does something really wrong. This happened to me. Um, I have a favorite Prada is my favorite perfume and I indulge in it now and then it's like very expensive, but <laughs> it's something I do for myself. And I, I had bought a bottle and it, I hadn't even used a quarter of it yet. And the little top, the, the sprayer stopped spraying. Oh, no, I guess I was about halfway through. Sprayer stopped spraying. So I went to the department store where I bought it, and I gave it to the sales lady, and I said, could you fix the sprayer top? And she looked at it. And she said, no, I'm afraid we can't. And she got the manager, and the manager said, just exchange it. Give her a new one. Well, that was great. I didn't expect that. Right. But the, la- the lady who was exchanging it, had an attitude and she said, Oh, how convenient for you to get a full bottle. Oh, and Oh, I tell you what, I've never bought perfume there again. I bought that perfume, but not there. But here in her mind, she was defending her company against somebody who was cheating. The only problem is I wasn't cheating. (laughs) And this is something that happens over and over again. Somebody complains on Yelp about your company. And now you look at every customer as a potential threat instead of a potential positive review. Mm. Um, so it's, it is the psychology and it is the teamwork of your whole team to support each other in having what I call the joy of the turnaround. Mm-hmm. So you have a tough situation, you have a potential issue, and you think to yourself, this will be such a great story to share after it's over. <laughs> I'm going to turn this one around. <laughs> Well, and they, those are the stories that stick with us, right? <laughs> those are the right. ones we carry around forever. Yeah. It's so fun to just, um, and I won't even say fun, but there is a part of us, the human part of us that, that feels victimized or, uh, can you believe that customer? Um, and we have these rants, you know, and it's okay to rant once to the right person, but if you start doing it all the time, you're the Gladys, you know, you're bringing yeah. everybody. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know what I've seen so much, particularly in small business and you know, smaller departments, is they get in this bunker mentality. It's, all those experiences tend to accumulate, and you know, you're talking about getting people to come out of that. How yeah. do you overcome that groupthink and that bunker mentality where it's us versus the customer, where instead right. of we're there for the customer? That's a great question, and that's what we. I'll give you an example from a company. I We worked with a cable company, and the manager had a staff of 30. And these people would go into people's homes and put the TV cable, you know, the, the cable TV in. So it's a one-off. You know, they see these people once. They really don't see themselves as, as part of this uh, culture of making customer service great. They just go in, do their job, come out, and they never see these people again. And so they heard, okay, for the next 12 weeks, we are going to talk about um, ways to create customer delight, ways to uh, make this culture of our company something special so that customers have positive reviews about us. And they groaned. It's like, oh, gosh, right? And it was short. You know, they had these short meetings. And the first, you know, the first one was, you know, the details matter. So next week, I want you to share one little detail you did to make the customer a little happier. You know, it's one thing about we think put 100% into one thing and everything will be better. No, put 5% into 100 things and watch things flourish. 
So anyway, they came back and they were kind of begrudgingly and they, they did the first session. And the next session, they said, you know, find one mindset switch that you use, one way that you saw the customer as a negative and then you found a positive quality that you can connect to. And they've grown. But by the third week, they couldn't wait to share their examples. Mm. And they got excited by hearing their peers have successes. And what happened over that 12-week period, by a simple meeting, a simple half hour, very focused meeting, 15 minutes to a half hour, is that they started getting uh, positive phone calls. They called them wow calls. When a customer calls without being prompted just to say, this was great. They got four of them. Now, they were lucky to get one and a quarter. They got four during this 12-week period of time. Wow. So it was just by simply having the conversation and keeping, celebrating what's working well. Because mm-hmm. when, you, when you notice what you're doing right, what people around you are doing well, it makes everybody look for it. it, it it's sort of like when you buy, you decide you're going to buy a, a Ford Fusion, and then all of a sudden you see them everywhere because your mind is on (laughs) right? (laughs) I remember that happening when I was pregnant. I felt like every other person in the world was pregnant at the same time because (laughs) you start becoming incredibly aware. But uh, it reminds me of uh, the the idea from Japan, which is Kaizen, the idea of Mm -hmm. changing small things every day. And one example was they said in a factory, you know, moving the garbage can a little closer to the end of the assembly line actually sped up productivity in the long term. So it's kind of that concept that you're talking about, which I really, really like and appreciate. Um, And, you know, you mentioned Yelp and some of the other things that are out there that that are essentially changing the game in some ways. And do you think that some of this is a little bit of a intergenerational thing sometimes. Do you think that the newer generation or the younger generations, do they have a harder time with these interpersonal skills? Does the older generation sometimes have a hard time understanding these new tools, these new kind of platforms that are available for people to voice their concerns and their praise? What do you think about that? Absolutely. And, and it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I've worked with, I worked with a woman who, she was probably in her 50s, and she was just incensed because she had a coworker in her 20s who, um, as she put it, oh, she, she just jumped in. We were on a team. I helped her do, do this project, and then she took credit for it. Mm. And I just think that's so rude. And, you know, she just, you know, that just there's the boldness of the generation. And, and I said, well, what would be the high, her highest intention in trying to do that? Would it be that she wants to succeed and have people see that she succeeds? Yeah. Okay. What would she need to be mentored on so that she could make it a win-win and and really be part of the team? Well, she probably has to see how that her her behavior impacted me. You know. So all of a sudden, it's taking back responsibility. I love the phrase. You are always one hundred percent responsible for fifty percent of the relationship. Mm. And so, (laughs) when you think in terms of that. Um, you relate, the younger people coming in do have a hard time with face-to-face confrontation. They're used to texting. Their, their style of communication is very different than the other generations, the older generations. But that's our new customer as well. Yeah. So we, if that's not you, we need to embrace that and learn that. And believe me, when my first book came out, it hit the bestseller list, but I had to learn Twitter. I had to learn social media. Now, I've been blogging since 2007, so that was not an issue. But 
there was a part of me that said, why do I have to do this? Stuff? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so glad I did because it was a learning curve to see where there's value in it. At right. first, it doesn't seem like there's value. This isn't the way I do things. And that's a cultural conversation. A company, the way we do things is the culture. And ourselves as as employees, as leaders, we have a personal code of this is the way I do things. So when we see somebody who does things differently, our first instinct tends to be, well, that's wrong because that's not how I do things. <laughs> so we need to step back from that, notice it, and congratulate yourself every time you notice it. Because what it means is you've now opened up awareness where a relationship can now be formed. So I think that's a really critical, the generational issue is a really critical point. Yeah, it's amazing the differential I, I was sort of late to social media and all of that. And it was, it, it was hard because I, I really resisted it for a while. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the point. Somebody was like, why aren't you on Twitter? I was like, cause I don't care what time Lindsay Lohan has lunch. <laughs> so I didn't get it. And right. eventually, eventually I think our generations are embracing it more and more for one thing, because you can't not embrace it anymore. It is such a key part of business, such a key part of customer service. And it was interesting what you said about the younger generation because that's what I've found in training frontline teams is they can't just passively not answer the text when there's a conflict, right? There's all, right. There's, all, there's all these passive things you can do digitally like to get out of a difficult conversation. But when somebody's screaming at you over a cash wrap, <laughs> you know, there's no escape. You have to actually confront and deal and handle that. So that's great. So here's my final question. And you've just has been so great. I don't want to end on a negative note. So hopefully you can take it into positive town here. But All right. when is it time to say goodbye to your Gladys? When When is Gladys just too much? I hate the term fire the customer, but it is something. You know, when, when do you say goodbye to Gladys? Well, it's sometimes it's absolutely necessary. And so what we found, we actually name in the book that that's our Oscar. And we love anybody named Oscar. We have no offense there. <laughs> we wanted to put a, a moniker on it just for, for uh, to more humanize the situation. But uh, when you have a customer who makes it so that your employees, your best employees, your most skillful employees want to quit rather than deal with them, when you have somebody who wants to challenge your ethics and have you do things that are maybe illegal or uh, against your your um, culture of the way that, that you want to do business. When it's a consistent lose-win where you're losing, they're winning. Sometimes, you know, a problem happens, you take a loss to make things right. But if every single time it turns into a lose-win, this is somebody who you, you know, you have the conversation you know, we really want you to be happy. We uh, it don't seem like a right fit for you, but here is a competitor of ours that we think would be a better fit. And then you send them along to somebody who might be a better fit for them. We Free yourself. <laughs> free yourself, yes. And we had a phrase at one of the companies I worked with when it was time to uh, terminate relationships. We would say, we need them to find their happiness elsewhere. because if they're not happy with us then they need to find that somewhere else so it sometimes helps to shift the mindset which is a lot of what we talked about today which is so encouraging so I can't wait to go face the day now and think about how I can 
look at what is the highest intention that people are trying to achieve. It really does change your outlook on difficult customers and also difficult situations in general. So I really appreciate this conversation. So thank you so much for being here, Marilyn. We really have learned a lot, and I think everybody's ready to go talk to Gladys in a different way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> great being on the show. I love what you're doing here. Oh, thank you. And Marilyn, Thanks. where can people find you if they'd like to know more about you? They could go to whosyourgladys.com. That's W-H-O-S-Y-O-U-R-G-L-A-D-Y-S.com or MarilynSubtle.com. Great. Excellent. And Marilyn, you know what? We almost forgot. I believe uh, you have a free gift for our listeners. Is that correct? I do. I'm going to give them a bonus gift so that you can get an, a full audio on affirmations to say to yourself when customers are stressing you out from morning to night. And they can go to whoisyourgladdest.com backsplash, backs, I always want to say backsplash, slash <laughs> <laughs> bonus underscore gift. Fantastic. And we'll make sure those are in the show notes as well. So thanks, sure. Marilyn. Go have a great day. You too. Thanks. thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to episode 54 of Crack the Customer Code. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Service Strategies. Learn more about their upcoming customer experience workshop at servicestrategies.com. I'm Adam Torek, and my website is customersthatstick.com. And I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can find out more about me at 360connects.com. More episodes and the show notes are available at crackthecustomercode.com. And please subscribe on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, leave a review so others can find our show. And please tell someone you know. We, of course, love word of mouth. So until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.